Blog Talk Radio. everyone, I am Shavana Johnson, CEO and founder of All About Us Global Media Productions Group, TV, radio, and magazine. Hi everyone, I am Shavana Johnson, CEO and founder of All About Us Global Media Productions Group, TV, radio, and magazine. CEO of the Whitney E. Johnson Foundation, Incorporated. We are a 501c3 organization on a mission to educate, engage, and mentor our parents and teens in communities on current issues surrounding our youth. Today, we are asking for your support to continue providing our informative programming through our various media platforms. To make a donation, visit the Whitney E. Johnson site at www.wejfoundation.org or you can reach us at 631-521-7699 for more information. And as a reminder, all donations given are tax deductible. On behalf of the Whitney E. Johnson Foundation, we thank you for listening and your support. This is Najesty from Buttermy Essentials, Natural Hair Body Company. We are located in Brooklyn, New York. We are a family-owned company, which is run by my husband, Vaden, and I. Do you have hair that is hard to manage? Having trouble with hair growth? Is your skin always dry? No problem. Buttermy Essentials is here with the solution. We specialize in hair butters, pomades, hair elixirs, shampoos, conditioners, luxury soaps, body butters, lotion bars, perfumes, scrubs, and so much more. All of our products is made with natural and organic ingredients such as shea butter, cocoa butter, mango butter, Jamaican black castor oil, avocado oil, Oregon oil, and essential oils. There is no sulfates, petroleum, mineral oils, or parabens, just all natural goodness. If you would like to order our products, check out our website at buttermeessentials.com, buttermeessentials.com, or call 646 424-3351, 646-524-3351. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Remember, like our motto says, you deserve to be buttered. You're listening to All About Us with your host, Shavana Johnson. If you'd like to learn more about All About Us Production Media Group, please visit us on the web at www.wejfoundation.org. Good 
evening. I am your host, Shavana Johnson. I want to thank you for joining us tonight. This show is sponsored by Roger and Shavana Johnson, CEO and CFO of the Whitney E. Johnson Foundation, which is a 501c3 organization. We are also all about us global media production group, TV, radio, magazine, and blog. Visit us on the web at www.wejfoundation.org. Also, our call-in number for this show is 516-453-9957. Press option one if you have a question or you want to make a comment or you want to talk to the guest or the host, um, call us. Check us out, 516-453-9957. Tonight I have a – I just can't begin to explain this beautiful woman that I'm about to bring into the studio. Um, She is an author. She's a fashion designer. She's a motivational speaker. She's a mom, she's superwoman, she's dynamic, she's awesome. We have Dr. Tina, Tina Washington. That's what I'm going to call her because I know what God has called her to be. And I want to thank you for taking the time to come and speak to our guest tonight. And we just welcome you into the studio, um, Ms. Washington. How are you? I'm awesome. Thank you for having me on. It is such an honor to be able to be on here uh, sharing conversations with you this evening. I am excited to have you. Um, You know, tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started and get into our conversation on faith, fashion, and you becoming an author. Okay, so... I am Tina, you know, um, I'm a mother, I'm a, first I'm a child of the king, Jesus, mm-hmm. and, then I'm a, and I'm a wife of my king, George, um, and then I'm a mother to some wonderful children, and then I am um, a sister and friend to my body in Christ of of, of, of the kingdom, and so um, a little bit about more about myself, I love fashion, um, God is a creator, and he mm-hmm. created me to create things, and I love creating um, a lot of things. So I started out with, with kind of creating things with clothing because I grew up with my grandmother sewing, my mother sewing, and me learning to sew. And we sewed to save money. Um, and so when I realized that it was something that I could do to help make money, that's kind of what I switched it over to doing. So. Um, that's kind of where that kind of came in, but as being a creator under God and transitioning to being an author and a speaker, I realized that I could I could create other things other than clothing, but create spoken words and inspirational statements and quotes and things of that sort to encourage others like God has encouraged me through his words. So that's kind of where the bulk of it all came around at, you know, but um, I love the opportunity to be able to share what I've experienced with others based on fashion, based on um, the being a writer now, based on being a mom, based on being a wife, based on being a child of the king, based on being a sister in business, um, and and also being a woman that has been incarcerated through domestic violence and being a survivor. So I look forward to being able to share as well as answer any questions that anyone would have during this time. Let's go back to the, you know, like kind of to the beginning. You said you've been in the fashion. What are some of the things that you have had the experience to do, especially dealing with fashion? So let me just give you kind of a 
tidbit of my extensive background. Um, I first mm-hmm. was working for a um, a workroom doing custom uh, interior designs, and so it was amazing because we would go out into these amazing homes that were like tens and thousands of square feet, and it put fabric on walls and create drapes, and we would create slip covers and pillow covers because they would want to change the decor of their rooms just by the season. So we may make these slip covers and, and pillow covers and drapes and then go and take off the previous ones and, and lay it onto uh, their furniture to change the whole look of their house. And so I first got my uh, sewing skills built on creating duvet covers and pillows and comforters and, and actually doing upholstery and things of that sort. Um, and then eventually that owner, she passed, and the husband didn't want to keep the business, so she, the owner blessed all of us seamstress with equipment. So I took my little piece that I inherited, and I started just doing a little stuff on the side, but I got another job working for a place in Highland Park uh, doing bridal gowns. And so this particular lady who owned this bridal evening gown this place, she was well-known. So I learned to make um, unique uh, pieces through working under her leadership in her shop. So I got to be very uh, detail-oriented with designs and design making and pattern making and things of that sort. And so my experience went from decorating homes to decorating bodies. And so I got a love for um, making women feel good and look good working in her bridal shop doing gowns. And then I had an opportunity to work for um, Irene Corey, and she um, designed Barney. And during that time of working inside of her workroom, I actually made costumes for Ringling Brothers clowns and different mascot costumes and things for big-time commercials. So when you see these mascots with these big heads and faces and things of that sort, I worked in a workroom that created all of that. Like, I literally made freckles for Baby Bob. You know, we gave uh, Arnie a vasectomy, which was do a new foam insert inside of his felt body. As that character. And so I had been blessed with um, some great opportunities from interior design to custom unique bridal pieces to costume and wardrobe. And so I took all that experience and, you know, and so um, it built upon my, my own personal experience of learning how to sew at home with my mom and my grandmother. And so once I became a mom and I knew I wanted to be at home, um, I knew that I could take those skills and become an entrepreneur. And so that's kind of where me becoming an independent business owner built from my resume of those experiences that I gained. Um, needless to say, during some of my time, you know, I had an opportunity to work for a couple of theaters in the Dallas area, the Jubilee, and I'm currently doing a wardrobe for Bishop Arts, the well-known black theater. Um, where I dress the actors doing productions, and I get a chance to work behind the scenes with with the production team, and I've done some set design as well as wardrobe. So, you know, my opportunities have been very, very amazing on this journey, and I thank God Mm -hmm. for those things because it has only built on my resume or foundation to become the master seamstress that I am today. Amen, amen. Amen. You 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 are very talented and multi talented as well. Um I just can't imagine, you know, the extensive background that you have, uh, especially doing a poultry. I have never heard of fabric 
you know, I guess we I have to live in that lifestyle that you you made a, a poster for the wall. Did I hear you say you made a poster for the yes, wall? So, or so you see, but most people just have their walls uh, wallpapered with just yes. paper. But we have people who mm-hmm. like lay fabric on their walls, and um, we would lay like a piece of foam or either batting to give that mm. wall a soft effect and then lay the material with a cording trim to kind of edge and lay it off. Now, another opportunity I've had, I've worked with uh, people who build recording studios, and for soundproofing purposes, they fabricate their walls to give it a design look as well as with the foam on top of the um, sheet rocking to give it the insulation that it needs for the sound, to give it the acoustics. So fabricing walls is something that extends from uh, from homes that like to have a unique look to studios that need that acoustic sound that fabric uh, fabricating the walls can bring. Hmm. I never even heard of that, but that is uh, something very unique in itself, and I can't imagine that there has to be very tedious. Now, your job was just to create. Did you have the opportunity to put it up to make sure it's adhered to the wall? Or now, they when I people... worked inside of each one of those workrooms, I was actually just a seamstress. Now, when mm-hmm. it came to uh, becoming independent, I did build my uh, rapport with uh, people who knew how to install. So I could fabricate a wall and install it myself, but typically because it required a ladder and certain tools and things like that. I got some men to help me that knew how to do installation um, mm-hmm. to install, like, certain type of fabrications or certain types of drape or certain type of uh, window treatment designs. I had people that would help me to do that, like I subcontracted that. But a lot of it I became Susie Homemaker. I learned how to use a drill and learned how to use a, 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 a jigsaw and cut designs out and literally fabricate it and make it and install it myself. So certain things I could do installation on and certain things I would contract out because I learned those techniques and skills through the companies I work for. Mm-hmm. Now, in your designing uh, career, um, as you begin to trickle into fabric, uh, upholstery, designing wedding dresses, and then clothing, what what is the most fun for you to really do as far as your creative side? You know, my most favorite thing to do is tearing something up and making something new from it. Um, and that's what kind of inspired my company's new name, Flip Couture, uh, which is taking something and transforming it to something new, but making it still have a unique something that came from the original piece. Because that's what kind of what God does with us when we uh, are looking to become better. He takes us and he transforms us. He flips us. But he don't remove everything from the original because he created you a certain way for a great purpose. So he don't remove all those elements. He used those certain things and he only enhances it. He flips it. He transforms it to make it more like in his image, to make it do exactly what it was created to do. And so I love taking old pieces and tearing them apart and making them into new, different pieces. Another thing I enjoy doing is um, working with young ladies doing prom time. I didn't get a chance to go to the prom, and that's another whole life story. But needless to say, I have a special spot in my heart for young women who may not be able to go to the prom uh, based on mm-hmm. they can't perfect 
down to go, and so I love to create that special something so they can have that and team up with other people that can help them have their shoes and accessories and hairdo and whatever it takes to make them look like Cinderella for that special moment uh, in their life. And so I love creating one-of-a-kind pieces for that individual for that special occasion. You know, it is something, especially now today, in the way that the economy is. And then you have a lot of young ladies who are graduating whose family, they do not have the finances to, you know, purchase a dress or to find that special dress. Um, That is such um, a beautiful thing that you're doing, especially with young women who already feel kind of worthless as it is, but to create something of one of a kind for them and to make sure every young lady is dressed accordingly, you know, for that day, that they will not walk away without regretting or not being able to have had that special moment. That is such, that's a beautiful thing. I love to hear stories like this because we have a lot of young people, especially today, and a lot of families who are struggling to make ends meet. And so there is um, a lot of opportunities you know, like yourself. Now, do you network with other women in your area, in particular where they are, are gearing up to give away prom gowns just for those that are listening? I do. I do work with one organization um, currently that do this event, uh, the prom experience, uh, Slay Prom experience, where we, she, they, the young lady gets an opportunity to apply uh, for that opportunity to receive her hair, her makeup, her nails, her shoes, her accessories, and a, and a gown specially made by me. And the photography is done by Ashley, who is actually the facilitator over that particular um, event. And so that's mm-hmm. the one that I do work with. Now, I do have individuals who may tell me of certain situations. Who I have a mom who may be incarcerated, and they know of a young lady who may have a a mom or a parent incarcerated and they need some assistance and they heard about me doing the things that I do, I do work with them because they come reach out to me for that specifically and then I get a chance to go through an organization that was giving away a gown at that time um, to assist Mm -hmm. them with that journey and process. So um, I, I am open for others, but right now I'm currently just doing that with that one organization right now. Got you. Now, you know, we talked a little bit about your fashion and uh, design. Um, what are some of the things that you have designed outside taking things apart? Are you in the process of designing, creating something new? Um, what are some of the things that you, you're recently, currently, outside of that you're working currently, on? Currently, I'm working on um, – a couple of projects. I do have a project. Uh-huh. I'm not sure if I'm able to expose this particular project with an organization where we're doing her custom clothing line with special quotes. It will be displaying out between the spring, summer 2019, where I'm doing unique pieces that have unique inspirational quotes on them um, that will be featured um in different areas of the design. So it could be an evening gown, it could be some lounge wear, it can be some urban uh, contemporary wear that we'll, that I'm designing for that particular designer with her folks. Um, I'm currently also working on 
um, some shows where I'm doing the wardrobe for the actors for that particular production. And so that is going on, and then I'm currently working on some pieces for myself. Now, that usually gets kind of put to the side because I really love teaming up with others to make their dreams and goals come to pass. Because I do know that God is going to allow mine to manifest um, within the perfect time that he has assigned for me. You know, but he blessed me to be connected with people to do certain things in a certain time and season. And so I'm very honored to be connected with the projects I have currently. And so just mm-hmm. stay tuned for the things that's going to be displayed out because when they come out, it's going to be slamming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that's right. I know that's right. You know, um, being a fashion designer in uh, in the fashion business for 20 years, um, it, it's just so amazing, some of the things. Now, um, if you go to Miss um, Tina's uh, website, which is Flipped Couture, that's www.flipped.com, right? Yes, that is it. FlipCouture.com, while we're having this conversation, you will be amazed that some of her work that she is doing and she has done, and um, I am just so proud and honored to know you. Now that we've talked about a little bit about fashion, I just got one more question, though, that, you know, I've been thinking about all day, and I, I just, I thought about the history of fashion, the history of how fashions have changed and are changing the the look and the fashions of today, how today's fashions are looking like yesterday's fashions. So it seems like everything is re- retro, is re-coming back up, and it's, it's, it's getting a new vibe, it's getting a new look, but it's just something that already has been. And when I say that, I was just thinking about the history of fashion. When you think about the history of fashion, you think about back in the 19, 1800s when they had the dress and they had the bustle and then they had the, the I forgot what they call those things underneath of it, the, to get the girl to get the, the body to be shaped so, and then they had the big dresses with the with the skirt around it, and then you couldn't show any cleavage and you couldn't show your legs. And then as you fast forward in the 1960s, the trend started to change. They started to get in, the hymn started to rise up, and they begin to show a little cleavage. Then you go to the 70s, you had the high pants, you had this, you had the high heels, you had the clogs, you know, then you go into the 80s, and then you had, oh, my goodness, it just seems like the whole, everything just came out. (laughs) Everything was refining itself, and you look at fashion today. Now, I just can't explain it sometimes. Some of the things that we see that are trending, especially during the Oscars, (laughs) sounding to me how fashion is really really replicating itself from yesterday. Do you find that the trends today are – what do you find – let me ask you this. What do you find about the trends that are trending today in fashion? There's clearly nothing new under the sun. I mean, clearly. (laughs) So, you know, you have those who have remained to be elegant with coverage and class, Mm -hmm. but then you have Mm -hmm. those, 
you know, harlots who just want to be seen, and it makes a mark. Um, fashion mm. has array of classic clean cut coverage to mm-hmm. I want to be seen in Harlot no matter what it takes to get your attention to be seen. So mm. it all has circled several times. And so when I look mm-hmm. at fashion from long time ago and I look at fashion today, we're really getting back to the clean classic Cover me up, and I want to be seen and acknowledged. Kind of look, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. not to say that a little drop here and a little up cut here is not still peeping out here and there. But people are pretty much coming back to just covering and being clean and classic at the same time, and it and it and it, and it works. You know, it's it's okay to put on a shawl or a jacket with sleeves, you know, even though you have a, a halter dress that comes down full, you know, a little slight split that flares open, but you're still covered. Yes, And it yes. has a class of elegance and touch of peaky boo, you know, but you're still covered, you know. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't take letting it all out loose to say that, hey, I need you to see me. You could be seen Clean and covered at the same time, and be classy. Mhm. Mhm. So, fashion has evolved with people being a little more thicker than usual. You know, back then they fought to look a certain certain way. You know, they tied it all up to make everybody have the same waistline and hip line, mm-hmm. chest line, and, and today, you know, it's like just enhance what you have look. And it's and, 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 and that can also be done with coverage and class, mm-hmm. you know, but yep. it really depends on the individual. If they really want that, then they can have that. But if they trust mm-hmm. themselves to think that this is what it is, just let it all out, let it all show. Just gonna make you look this way, appear that, grab that. You know, that's another whole thing going on. I, I'm not judging mm-hmm. that personally. It's a personal preference. Have I made some of all of that? Absolutely. I've had young ladies who want to look like Ashante and Beyonce. You know, um, but mm-hmm. I do have those who still say, "Hey, Miss Tina, can you give me something really pretty and elegant and?" and I can cover them up with some nice drape or something that gives them a sexy appeal, but they still got coverage, and, and they're clean and classic at the same time. So, yeah. You know, I think about. Then we're gonna we're gonna um, listen to a song, and then we're gonna we're gonna take a commercial break, and then we're gonna go into another phase of this. But I was gonna say this. You know, I'm 54. And when I think about, remember how we used to want to wear something and you just knew your mama's going to tell you, girl, don't you wear that out of this house looking like some kind of hoochie mama, you know, Jezebel. Back then it was Jezebel. <laughs> yes, Lord, Harley. Uh-huh. it in your bag. And, you know, when you got home, you, your mama's just waiting for you, talking to you. And already Miss Linda down the street done came and said, you know your daughter had on such and such in school and, 
You know, you got lit up. You got lit up from the floor up. You couldn't wear makeup. You couldn't wear this. There's certain things you couldn't do that you were just itching to do. And then they came out with the lip gloss, and, you know, you had a little lip gloss. Now it's so you think about the young babies in the way that they are dressing our young daughters, the way that they are dressing them in such a way, you know, that they look like grown women. And then, you know, and I think about the conversation uh, about how I hear, you know, people talk about, you know, she thinks she's grown, she's acting like she's grown, she's acting this, but yet we want to dress them in this part. You know, when you see that, how do you have a, a conversation with a mother to tell her, you know, you want to know why your daughter's acting this way, you want to know why this, but yet you're dressing her the part as a woman. So how do you have that conversation with with parents today to say, you know what, let's let's bring our daughters back. Let's bring them to be young ladies, young girls. Let them be babies before they become a woman before your eyes. You know, that's one of the things that I have been thinking about, you know, in my head um, as far as God to really focus on covering our babies. Covering our daughters. You know, it used to be my grandmother would say, you got to leave something for his imagination, you know, which means to let him think, well, what is underneath of all that? You know what I'm saying? That he yes, would want yes, to know. Yes, yes. You know, not saying that the young babies now, we're moving on to the young ladies right now, but to be yeah. creative in that, to, to cover up. How do we, Tina, talk about the fashion industry in a way that, it is transparent, especially when we see it on TV with Victoria's Secrets. You know, you got a little five-year-old little boy sitting up waiting for the Victoria's Secrets show. I mean, it's just, I can go on and on with this. But my, I just wanted to get a, you know, a feel for what can we say to our young mothers who are dressing their daughters and dressing our young ladies? What can we you know, do to encourage you keep telling them that it doesn't take all of that, and I know that that's, like, old. You know, we mm-hmm. keep saying, repeating the truth and praying. Because I remember yeah. when I first started doing gowns for young ladies um, and the exposure hit that I could make gowns that look like this, 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 and this, and this. You know, that was the biggest thing. And I was like, God, you know, I want them to understand it doesn't – you don't need to. You need to cover yourself, you know, because I grew up in that type of uh, protection in my in, in the household, and so um, and so. Becoming into fashion, you know, things were starting to be uh, exposed and trended, and and so everybody they wanted this. So it became a bigger fight against what we were saying. You don't you don't take all of that. Give us some coverage. No, no, this is what this, everybody's wearing. This is what it is. And, and so I was like, okay, I just prayed. I just prayed. You know, then did I get caught up with some business and, and wanting to be in the business and doing it? I did, but I was still praying. And I tell you, I prayed and I prayed. And then God put a stipulation in place where the schools would say they can only wear this right here. Mm-hmm. And it has to be approved. So it brought it back mm-hmm. and gave me a, a, a window to work between, but he still didn't want to stop there. He said, you got an opportunity to be an influence. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't want your baby to wear that. So, you know, you're making it, and you could save.
say something, and what are you going to do about it? I'm thinking, well, you know, I'm trusting the school to put this stipulation in place, and, and I'm still praying, but I want to stay in business and build business and be known. And it was a struggle, you know, um, as a business person, but yet knowing needing some standards. And so eventually mm-hmm. I made it so tight for me that I had to, like, start, hey, Put a, if they had an off the shoulder with straps and stuff, I'd take the extra material and make a shawl. I would just make it, like, and didn't charge them for it. They say, hey, just wear your little drape, you know, your shawl, you know, and, and so how pretty that looks, where did you know? And, and, and I would convince the parents and tell them that, and they'd be like, okay, 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 whether they kept it on the whole evening or not, I don't know, but that's what I would start doing. And eventually, um, you know, women will be like, okay, I trust you. You know, you say I can bring it up a little bit here and that right there. They would listen to what I would say concerning covering their child. Because some moms be just want to just get it done. Mm-hmm. Like they mm-hmm. really want to cover the child, but they're like, okay, oh, this is it. Let them just have what they want. I could be done with this when it's over. And I'm thinking like, oh, my God, I really need them to give us some stickers. But, again, the school kicked in with some type of standards, and it gave me a footage, but I still had to stand a little bit more bolder um, and know that we needed to protect our babies by just giving them some extra coverage. And over a period of time, I built that up. Now, um, I end up having to shut down for a minute, and, you know, during that time, it just went... I grew all over again, and that's my prayer is that God give me that type of footage where I can influence young ladies to understand that you don't have to wear this type of dress to be pretty and seen. You can wear something of this such and still be beautiful and seen at the same mm-hmm. time, you know. Mm-hmm. Amen. I definitely agree. Well, you know what? We're going to take a quick break. We're going to listen to... Uh, Natalie Cole Um, I love this song so much And it has a a significant meaning to it And take a look at our children You know, when we we listen to this song And you think about the words Take a look at our children We really need to know what is happening with our young people So Tina, we're going to take a quick And we're going to be right back. And on the other side, we're going to get into some great conversation on faith. Uh, And we're just going to have a deeper conversation. So stay tuned. And if you want to call in, dial 516-453-9957. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back after this song. Oh 
Shavana Johnson, All About Us Radio. Thank you for tuning in. If you have a question or you want to make a comment, please dial 516-453-9957. We are speaking with the awesome guest, T.Y. Washington. She is a fashion designer, a mother, author, motivational speaker, um, such a dynamic woman of faith. Um, she encourages me uh, even in our conversations, and I, I hope, you know, those that are tuning in and listening, make sure you go to her website while we're having a conversation and check it out, www.flipped.com, um, and you can reach out to her through her, her, her website as well as connect to her on her social media sites. Uh, welcome back, Ms. Tina Washington. I want to thank you for joining me tonight and joining our guests. Um, yes. And thank you for this awesome, dynamic conversation and your wealth of knowledge and information that you're sharing with us. Uh, you know, before we, you know, go into faith, you know, there's other things that you do with your sewing as well. Um, please share with our audience some of the things that you're doing in the community with with your sewing as far as, you know, expanding outside of your uh, time of designing and everything else. So I love designing for all the array of people I've been blessed to design for, but I love more giving back and sharing the gifts of sewing and the craft because I believe that it's one of those life skills that you could always use somewhere in your life, whether it's fixing a hem or sewing a button that messes up. So I love by love giving back by going to like the area uh, community centers and helping the youth during the summertime teaching sewing classes. 
I offer um, group classes as well as private lessons, and you're welcome to go to the website. Well, I have information on there about the classes that I do offer, um, as well as I love doing birthday parties uh, for young ladies and young guys who may want to have a crafty fun event um, for their birthday fair, you know, by creating a little special gift or project during their fun festivities. Because, again, it is a skill that it, it, it broadens out further than what people believe. You know, when I grew up, we had um, home ec, where you learned to cook mm-hmm. and sew. And they don't have mm-hmm. that like they used to back in the day in school. And so, you know, kids need to learn the basic elements of little basic stuff like that because they're all life skills that, that, is, that is needed. And so, yeah, I do I love giving back by doing that very thing. So if, if people are interested in that, please hit me up for that as well. That is so unique, and yes, we did have home economic. We learned how to cook, so clean, clean your room, do the laundry, iron. You know, we could not step out the house without a crease. Remember that? We had to have yes, a crease yes. in our shorts, yes. in our pants, dress. Even though it might have been yesterday's clothes, we were clean and dressed and pressed. You know, and I think about that, and it's something nowadays is totally different. <laughs> sure totally is. different. It sure um, is. It's just truly amazing how, you know, uh, fashion is evolving, and people like yourself who are being creative in redesigning something that is old and making it new and inspirational. I am really, you know, I, I just, I'm sometimes I'm speechless. You know, when I talk to you or when I go to your website to see the things that you are creating, um, you know, just thinking out of the box and looking from a different, uh, you're blessed. God truly bless you with the creativity to see far beyond the negative eye of, of fashion. And I just see some great things coming forward um, in the coming. I all of that. I receive it all. <laughs> yes. But outside of that, you are now an author. Uh, just an awesome book, A Poetess Out of Baster Box. We want to take a moment to just, I want you to tell us about the book. Where did this, where did this passion come from? Where did the writing come from? Where did the, the thought, I know it was in you since the beginning of time because God prophesied it over your life, but the vision for it, how did it evolve? You know, um, I have been writing for a long time. I didn't realize that writing was going to be as instrumental in my life now as it was back then. But, of course, he did create that from the foundation of the earth because I was writing since I was young. But uh, because I went to school um, in the medical industry and I did focus on some of my artistry and, and fashion, but I never thought about writing. I just wrote just to be writing. But during my time of solitude, when I was going through some very challenging times in my life and I didn't really want to talk to anybody, I would start to just write things down. Um, And it was really just me and God just talking about things that I wouldn't want to say out loud. Because one thing I learned is that, you know, if you say it out loud, the devil would take it and use it against you. So I I don't know where I adapted the fact that the devil probably couldn't read. So I just started to write everything down instead of saying it. And so with, with me writing all of these words of how I was feeling, 
and composing them a certain kind of way, uh, that's where my writing kind of started to expand. The experiences that I was having, I was writing. And so I experienced um, a moment of just being to myself after experiencing um, some some bad choices and the consequences of those choices, and God had me to myself, I just started writing and writing and writing. And I was at the foot of the cross of Jesus, and he was like, listen, I hear you. You're pouring it all out to me, and I want you to be able to share this and share it with others. I'm thinking, this is just between me, you, and I. It's kind of personal. He said, I understand that, but... You know, you're going to be an overcomer, and, you know, the only way you can remain an overcomer is that you share your testimony of your writings that you've been sharing, of these experiences that you've came to me about with others. I'm thinking, okay. Mm-hmm. And that was scripture-based because we're overcomers by our testimony. And so this book was composed of me just sharing my experiences, you know, which were my testimonies of tests and trying situations that I had encountered, and not all of them had been pretty. You know, they were just my personal experiences. And then once I finished composing them, he was like, well, I'm going to give you some scriptures to, for people to stand on, and you can stand on them too and, and give you like a quick affirmation of prayer. I'm thinking, wow, this is this is like amazing to me because it was nothing close to what I was used to doing, which was fashion. So mm-hmm. he was like, yeah. You're going to still be sewing, but you're not going to be S-E-W-I-N-G with people all the mm-hmm. time. You're going to be S-O-W-I-N-G with people at times. So I'm thinking, okay. He said, yeah, you know, so when you encounter people, you're going to be sewing into their lives about your experiences. And so I just want you to compose them and create a book. And it'll create a conversation that you can have with them about you and I and what I can do with them in their life as well. And it just captivated me. And so, you know, it started with just that simple thing of me just fussing or crying out to God about my situations. And some of them were my choices that I made and I had consequences and I just pinned them down because, again, I didn't want to give the devil nothing else to use against me because he was already already going toe-to-toe, you know, mm-hmm. and so I put them on paper instead of speaking them out because, you know, out the mouth, we speak life and death, and, you know, the devil don't know our thoughts. He can only hear what we say and combat mm-hmm. us, so I would write it, you know, and that was another thing that God showed me uh, with writing is that when God spoke, he spoke us into existence, and then he inspired man to write his words on paper to encourage others, including themselves. And so that was, like, serious for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I took it that way. So now I have a passion for um, for writing. Amen. You know, as I was looking through this book and I was thinking about the personal thought, Habakkuk 2 and 3, Write the vision and make it plain. You know, even in your writing, you just were writing to release um, your thoughts into um, at the moment in the time to gather or just to release some things. But God had a greater plan. You know, I always go back to when, when God has a greater plan. And I was in prayer today, if, and I was saying, you know, remember when 
God, the devil took God to the mountain and said, this can be all of yours if you just give your life to me. But instead, in faith, he knew. He said, he saw Tina, he saw us, he saw me. I have something greater than this wealth could ever give me, and that is the love of you the love that you are going to share, the love of the prophecy over your life to save other women, to save other young ladies, to save other young men, because this book is not just for women. It is also to reach out to young men and men and and those that are just not incarcerated, incarcerated, but incarcerated in the spirit that they don't know how to get out of their own jail. And a lot of people think, you know, people who are incarcerated, incarcerated because they're bad. We're all incarcerated in some type of prison within our spirit. And, you know, that's as I was, you know, looking and reading your book, that's what I was thinking to myself was it's not about incarceration to be behind a, a four walls or fences, but it's about the incarceration of the spirit and how how God is releasing us and freeing us from our own demons within. So that's what I got from your that's what I got from your book. Yes, Amen, and that's exactly the message that I am about. You know, um, being that I have been inside of a physical four walls, mm-hmm. imprisonment, or incarceration. But the greatest mm-hmm. or revelation that God gave me is that I was in prison before I was sentenced to the man's prison. Yeah. And I was free long before the state gave me parole. And so when he gave me that revelation that they don't depict my freedom or my imprisonment, that was empowering. That it showed me that greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. And I had the power to control that if I trusted in him through his word to allow it to happen. And so it became a mission of mine to share with people because people had a misconception that just because you went to some physical prison or jail cell, that that made you be in prison or incarcerated. But people are incarcerated or in prison to a multitude of things. They're in prison into unhealthy relationships. They are in prison into um, addictions to, like, drugs and alcohol, sex. I mean, money, greed, anger, unforgiveness. People are incarcerated to a multitude of things. And those are things that are unseen that God talks about that are more detrimental than things that are seen. So people that are incarcerated that what you see us in jail with is out. We have more freedom to get the help because it's out there. But think about those who have bitterness and anger and hurt that has been unaddressed. That type mm-hmm. of incarceration is what's detrimental because you God needs you to get to being seen so you can get that freedom. You know, and so I thank him for sharing that with me during that time. And for, but, of course, I had to be at his feet completely before he shared that with me. So, you know, when I had nowhere else to turn to, mm-hmm. nowhere else to turn to, but to the foot of Jesus and at his cross. Amen. Share my yeah. most intimate Everything 
despite what everybody was saying and, and thinking and, and and feeling and all that I had to go through all the everything of judgment and all that and, and a lot of it was probably true. You know, I'm I'm yeah. gonna say by grace. So yeah, it is what it is. You know, but it took me getting to that point before he could share all that greatness with me. So when I poured yeah. it out for right back into me and told me don't let it go to waste and that's where it comes in when he said Peter the devil wants to sift you the Tina yeah. he wants to sift mm. you he wants to sift mm. you and you're going to mess up I'm letting you know you're going to mess up but when you get it together <laughs> when you get it I need you to go back because <laughs> you're going to get it together eventually but you're going to mess up and when you do yeah. I need you to go back and I need you to share it so when I got off from his feet down there with everything, he let me pin things so it could be known, you know, write it down on the tablet, and I was sharing those things and just putting it out there and just expressing it, and some things I would write and a lot of things I would say to other people, and I would see that God was using me through sharing those things that I had encountered, and and he showed me that I had to go back and help someone else. He said, Peter, when when you're done, you go back so they can see uh-huh, the good mm-hmm. and the faithfulness Goodness. of what I can do. Mm-hmm. And don't exactly. worry about what they say, about how you got mm-hmm. this and this about your past. And hey, they, they knew Peter mm-hmm. had an issue. You know, he had temperament, and you know, he turned on Jesus. He did. He, you know, tried to walk on the water and almost fell in it, and you know, just all that. You know, it didn't change his past, but he still had a purpose yeah. past that. And, you know, and so that's the same thing he expressed to me. You go and you share and you let it be known. I want you to level out the playing grounds because it's all about their perspective and they got to get out of their own and see it through my eyes. Don't see it through their eyes. Faith is through me, not through them. That's right. Amen. I totally, totally agree. It is is through the blood of Jesus, through his love, the resurrection of him going to set at the right hand of the Father, that we are able to confess with our mouth, to speak the word out of our bellies, and to discern what is good. And, you know, I, I just, I'm, I'm elated to have this conversation because, you know, when we think about everyone, especially our young people, who are incarcerated in the mindset They want to commit suicide. They're being bullied. They're dealing with a lot of issues that they never had to confront because we've been living in a society. And I'm saying this not to go into, you know, a whole deep conversation, but also this book reminded me that through the process, whatever it is that we're going through, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, He is always there. And no matter what it is that we're struggling with, back to him. You know, because, you know, in the Bible it talks, he is a jealous God. That means he wants you all the time. He wants your praise. He wants your love. He wants your worship. He wants your prayer time. He wants your study time. But he wants you to be hungry to be hungry for the word. In a poetess alabaster box, it takes you into a deeper thought of 
who you are as a person, where you are, and how do you redefine where you are, even though it's in a solace, solitude, and in that moment of solitude, there is recognizing and redefining and restoring and just, it's a a rebirth of of redefining of who you are. And this is what a Poetis Alabaster book does, you know, going, reading through. And that's what it is. It's about the changes. But are you willing to accept the changes? Are you willing to admit to yourself, I made this mistake? Now, God, I don't want to be back here again. And, you know, we all making mistakes. We're all afraid of failure. And we're definitely, you know, God, I don't want to fail you anymore. You know, and you think about that in your life. And, you know, you can't let that be a stumbling block because I'm guilty of it. I'm just sharing this because I'm guilty of being yes. afraid of failing yes. Christ. And I say this to say this about a poetess alabaster box. No matter where you are and no matter where you've been, it's all about coming to the cuspus of the the bowing down to God, about rebuilding that relationship, of rebuilding that faith with God. It doesn't matter what everybody else thinks. It only matters what the relationship is between you and him. And that's what I love about this book. It brings us back to our the, the devotion, that that relationship, that worship, that praise, that, you know, God teach me. It's like you, you want to know, you know, the next day, all right, you know, my testimony time. What is it that I overcame? What is it that I'm not going to look back on? What it is that I'm I'm going to move forward to? And that's what I get excited when I read your book. That's what That's how I feel. That's what I see. That's that's awesome. what I could take on. Awesome. <laughs> and that's what my mission was, is because I'm telling you that we as women, we all want to be the Proverbs 31 woman. Who doesn't want to be the Proverbs 31 woman? Yes, we are a sinner saved by grace, but we want we want to be the Proverbs 31. And she just sounds amazing, you know, her worth, her value. Mm-hmm. Her extensiveness of how detailed she is and the things that she does within how her family felt about her, how her community felt about her, obviously how God felt about her, even put her in his book about her. So we want that. And so when we start to look at our identity um, as a child of God and then we look at ourselves as a as a daughter to our parents and, and as a sibling to our siblings and a sister and, and as a friend and as a cousin, as a coworker and as sister in Christ and we get the and then we make errors. Then we're like, okay, I got all these different identities and titles, and I just, I just want to be the Proverbs 31 woman. I just yes. want to be after God's heart and be the Proverbs 31 woman. But what does that entail? Do we understand yes. what her background looked like? Do you know she struggled with things? She struggled. She had challenges. You know, and it became very personal to me. Two stories very personal, her as well as Tabitha, who Peter actually laid his hands on and brought back to life. They call her Dorcas. But she was a seamstress. Mm-hmm. And the Proverbs 31 woman, she was a seamstress. And so mm-hmm. when I got to looking at the, fab- the fabric of their background, 
and I'm thinking there are some similarities, but it had to be some other challenges and issues and flaws. Did she not have any flaws about her? You know, she seemed her kids praised her and the people acknowledged her and her husband at the gates and oh my goodness, you know. But when I got to looking at the, the looking inside of her, she had her challenges. Yeah. She yeah. had her challenges. And so when you when I when I start expressing the poems that he gave me to write and choose, I had to I wrote over three hundred poems during my time of incarceration. And so mm. I had to choose thirty one of them. And I mm. needed him to guide me on which thirty one of them to choose from being at the foot of the cross. Wow. On my journey to the Proverbs 31 woman. Now I'm the woman with the with that had all this past baggage that I've been saving in this box that I thought was very valuable, and I'm trying not to sell my soul to gain the world, and I'm just I'm just torn all the way down, and I'm at his feet. But I'm on a journey to the third Proverbs 31 woman, and he shows me these ones, and he gave me those titles, and so my prayer is that. The ones that I that that I chose under his guidance will impact women as they read them day by day and they allow God to show them where he can address them and those issues that they may have been challenged with the identities and titles that he has given them. Because everyone has different stages and phases that they will go through in the course of their life called this journey, and and they may need to address this and this and this to become better at that and that. And that's what mm-hmm. I pray that the book is able to do for them. Amen. Amen. Now, um, outside of you know the your book, you you have a ministry. Your ministry, you do prison ministry as well. Yes, I do, and I tell you, it's um, it's amazing um, because I remember when I was on the inside, um, they asked me would I come back, and I was like, uh, no. And people like marvel when they see me, especially the ones who hear about me coming back or knew me during that time because it was like it's totally opposite of what I said. But God was like, why would you not? You want to feed the ones that are hungry. You're going to clothe the ones who need clothes. And you're going to visit the ones who need to be visited while they're on the inside. I'm thinking, that scripture went somewhere else. It went, like, somewhere else. You know, and, like, mm-hmm. now that's my only passion is to go back in and encourage those that God is faithful. I know it may look gloomy in these times right here, but this is a special spot where he has you. You're in this treasure box where he is preparing you and protecting you at the same time. And so he only locks up and protects things that he finds very valuable. You think about the people that he has used in amazing ways. They were locked up in some type of unique environment. You know, that now uh, Joseph was locked up. You know, Paul was locked up. He was locked up. But think about it. Ruth was locked up coming from mm-hmm. her area, you know, Esther, she lived in a pagan castle with the king she married, but she had to stand fast and trust God during that time. And so being locked up may not have to look as bad as people make it look. 
because he do great Definitely. things during that time of locked up solitude. Again, he's protecting you um, as well, preparing you for something greater. And so yeah. during that time, he shared all it with me. And so when I got out, I realized I had to go back. And so I'm connected with mm-hmm. two amazing ministries that allow me to go back in at times to share um, my amazing journey of when I was on the inside and what God has done for me since I've been back home. And um, and I'm, I'm always honored and excited about it. I get nervous because I want to make sure that I'm doing exactly what God want me to do, and I don't want to mess up what he's afforded me the opportunity to be able to do, but I'm always mm-hmm. excited about the opportunities that I'm afforded with. Amen. Amen. You know, it's it's truly a blessing when, um, you know, when God affords you to look back and say, you know, well done, my daughter. Um, no matter what it is that you have gone through, you have been processed. And when you go through that process and you come through and you just think about the goodness of God and how he's brought you from where you were to where you are now, you are just a unique unique gift to the body. And no matter what it feels like, you God has truly blessed you with a, a family, a marriage, um, just the love of what you do and what you you've you've been doing, and he's expanding expanding you even more. But I know there's many layers to you, <laughs> and oh I know goodness. there's um. So with that said, before we close out, you have a special project that is coming up as well, starting in April. I believe we're gonna start. Yes, yes, and so um, I have been blessed with an opportunity to be a part of AAU uh, Network and Broadcasting by doing a um, a radio show. I mean, and that has been one opportunity that has been long awaiting um, because I've had to build up to get there. God has blessed mm-hmm. me with my amazing support system to prepare me uh, and push me on this journey to get here. And so I'm looking forward to the opportunity when um, we do our first show. I'm excited about the opportunity of being able to share more extensively about my journey and my experiences that I have encountered um, as um, I want to call this my ex-con factor uh, or my ex-factor. Uh, it's just a series of all my experiences, my testimonies, uh, my messages, and my stories that God has blessed me to uh, encounter and share with others, as well as being able to talk to other people that can share their extensive wisdom and knowledge about some of the encounters that they've had that I have some similar things in as well. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this opportunity and, and, you know, and having you as a guest as well. So, you know, yeah, here's an invitation. I am excited. I'm excited because I'm also going to learn and grow from you. Um, so I'm looking, you know, for the experience to share, to pray, to, to cry, to laugh, to just believe and to ch- touch people and to expand ourselves and 
to expand what God is and to expound on what God is trusting us to do. So that's that's how I look at this whole picture. But I'm truly excited about your show because it's going to touch on so many things and so many lives and heal so many people, not just those that are incarcerated, but those that are, families that are with those that are incarcerated in this journey is to be a blessing to them. And I, I'm just, I just want to thank you for entrusting us and believing in us in this journey. Um, there's just so much more and so much more to come that we will be announcing. Uh, but I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for joining me tonight. I want to thank you for this conversation because we are going to be carrying on this conversation in our interview coming up. Yes, um, yes. So I'm excited for how you're going to put me in the hot seat. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm learning from the best. Praise God. I'm learning from the best. I'm excited, and I'm honored, and uh, I look forward to the amazing things that God is going to do uh, with the opportunities and platforms that he's affording yourself and me to be connected with and the people that he's going to send our way who have a need to hear something that will encourage and enrich and embody them to move to the place where God has been preparing them to move toward. And so I'm just super, super, super excited about it. So thank you again for this evening's opportunity as well as the future opportunities in our, in our connection. As likewise, Queen. I, I thank you for being a blessing. Um, as well as a poetess alabaster box, you can go to uh, you can find us on Facebook at All About Us um, Radio Media Group, um, and you can find the link for the book, our Poetis Box, there. Or you can go to Amazon.com, and a Poetis Aller Box uh, is is listed in Amazon. Or you can go to Miss Tina's website, www.flipped. K O U T U R E dot com and also find the information there. Um, Miss Tina, is there anything that you want to leave with us before we sign off for the evening? Yes, I just want to let you know if they would like a personal autograph copy, please go to the website and I will personally autograph and send it out to you. As well as I'm 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 gonna be um setting up for some book signing. So if you're in the Dallas area, you can come out and do a meet and greet with me and meet me and um, and share some of the uh, poems um, through the book with me, doing some of those experiences. And I look forward to, um, again, people reaching out to me and me connecting with you for whatever it is that you may have an interest or need for our connection. Amen, and that I will do. Uh, you know me. <laughs> the love we share is beyond. I thank God for the connection, and I'm looking forward in, to um, connecting with you. How can they uh, connect with you on social media, where they can find you on Twitter and Instagram under? So I am on all social media platforms um, from Instagram, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, it's at Flipped Couture. So it's Instagram slash Flipped Couture, Twitter slash Flipped Couture, 
Facebook slash Flip Couture, or you could just go to www.flipcouture.com. And that couture is with a K. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, leave us, um, before we sign off, leave us with a, a word of encouragement for our listeners as well before we sign off tonight. So I just want to encourage um, those that are listening that, you know, if God has given you a promise, believe it. No matter how long you have been waiting, how intensified your moment may feel at this moment, if God has given you a word, you stand and you know that the salvation of the Lord is going to manifest itself in your life. So I'm encouraging you to stay focused in your faith in your Father, as he prepares you for your amazing future. Amen. Amen. I want to thank you for joining us, and we're looking forward to your upcoming show. You can go to All About Us Radio Media Group, and we will have the flyer up when her show is coming up. It is coming up very soon, um, so you'll be able to tune in. But, Miss Washington, I want to doctor Miss. Dr. Ms. Washington, that's what I'm going to call you because that's what I know you by. I want to thank you for joining on All About Us Radio. Um, thank you for talking with our parents and our teens and talking with myself in the discussion of your book. And I'm so looking forward to the great opportunities that God has afforded us to work together in. So I, I want to thank you again. I want to say to you, have a blessed night. And thank you for joining us this evening. Thank you so much. God bless you all as well. God bless. Have a great evening. Thank you. That was our guest, Dr. T.Y. Washington, Flip Couture. Go to her website, www.flippedcouture.com, flipcouture.com. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, flipcouture, slash flipcouture. But you can find her. Um, please visit her website, and you can get a copy of her book. I'm telling you, this is a journey, that a 31-day journey that you would want to take. You don't have to be incarcerated behind four walls because some of us are incarcerated in our spirit. We need to release that. We need to be freed from it, and that's why God loves us so much. So take a look at her book. Take a look at her website. And I'm going to leave you with my favorite song, as I always do, Phyllis Hyman. Remember who you are. Take that journey to understand because you're yearning to know who you are, and God wants you to know who you are. So I'm going to leave you with Phyllis Hyman. Please join us again next Monday. Uh, I will be here with another special guest. And just to let you know, check out All About Us Radio Media Group because we are um, expanding. We are now a live streaming 24-7 radio station. Um, and another great announcement is about to drop in the upcoming weeks. So follow us at www.wejfoundation.org. Have a blessed night. I'm going to leave you with Phyllis Hyman. Remember who you are. To where you're going 
This is Najesty from Buttermy Essentials, Natural Hair and Body Company. We are located in Brooklyn, New York. We are a family-owned company, which is run by my husband, Vaden, and I. Do you have hair that is hard to manage? Having trouble with hair growth? Is your skin always dry? No problem. Buttermy Essentials is here with the solution. We specialize in hair butters, pomades, hair elixirs, shampoos, conditioners, luxury soaps, body butters, lotion bars, perfumes, scrubs, and so much more. All of our products 
is made with natural and organic ingredients such as shea butter, cocoa butter, mango butter, Jamaican black castor oil, avocado oil, Oregon oil, and essential oils. There is no sulfate, petroleum, mineral oils, or parabens, just all natural goodness. If you would like to order our products, check out our website at buttermeessentials.com, buttermeessentials.com, or call 646 646- Check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Remember, like our motto says, you deserve to be buttered. Hi, everyone. I am Shavana Johnson, CEO and founder of All About Us Global Media Productions Group, TV, radio, and magazine, CEO of the Whitney E. Johnson Foundation, Incorporated. We are a 501c3 organization on a mission to educate, engage, and mentor our parents and teens in communities on current issues surrounding our youth. Today, we are asking for your support to continue providing our informative programming through our various media platforms. To make a donation, visit the Whitney E. Johnson site at www.wejfoundation.org or you can reach us at 631-521-7699 for more information. And as a reminder, all donations given are tax deductible. On behalf of the Whitney E. Johnson Foundation, we thank you for listening and your support. 